Cliff's Cliff's favorite thing is to, to is to pitch us business ideas. Um, like we'll mention something that we like the idea of, and Cliff will be like, "Here's a 15 stage business plan," and I've bought the domain. And we're just like, Cliff, we're not doing that. <laughs>
um yeah doing some stuff good and how was, how your, you, how was your week off oh that was okay i actually had like a weird health thing pop up i'm getting these like random migraines don't know why uh they involve seeing flashing lights which is a little concerning uh so yeah at some point i'll probably get looked at for that but for now it seems okay I'm like things have been better since that happened try and get you a medical appointment when you're over here buddy the, the yeah, american healthcare system is uh is a literal hellscape so <laughs> it is probably yeah, it best be. to get a tr- I have good insurance, so it's not actual hellscape for me, but for others, I could see it being a problem. <laughs> Get out of here uh, with your good insurance, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, I know. My bad. Uh, I will probably do a summary of the demon's findings at some point later in the show or something when we do like meta analysis. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have been painting harlequins all weekend working on trying to get that list ready to go so i can play it in october because i'm bored to tears of playing tyranids so i've decided to play clowns instead which apparently has lined up with some stat stuff that we'll talk about later which i didn't really predict but it's kind of funny um so i've been doing that i've been so dead that they are so alive i've also been doing some magic the gathering stuff we did a sealed event over the weekend with at in the as with some lab people which was the first time that i've played physical magic the gathering in like a decade which was something i hadn't opened a booster pack in so long and so opening physical boosters and playing with physical cards was just super strange but other than that it's just been painting uh been doing a lot of 3d printing stuff so my 3d printer is pretty tired after a weekend of like eating up all my electricity um that's about it i have practice games this week with harlequins i'm gonna play into somebody with who's playing gene stealer colts i think and then i'm gonna play into somebody who's testing out demons so it'll be kind of a fun weekend cool good mm-hmm. sounds like a laugh well what article build you're going with just the uh the polish list the eight boats and characters yeah it's just eight boats uh solitaire death jester troop master and two shadow seers the solitaire has been good for the one job that Anthony keeps telling me that it needs to do, which is go and find people in ruins and murder them. And, <laughs> and it's really good at that. It's really good at going diving into GW ruins and just murdering everything on the other side of it. And then sometimes dying horrifically in response, or sometimes just keeps living because of a three up and vulnerable save, you know, a little bit of a little bit of B. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The number of soldiers I've killed in melee is, vanishingly low the number of soldiers i've killed with mortal wounds in the psychic or charge phase very high <laughs> i refuse to take those odds <laughs> unfortunately when you're necrons without katan you kind of have to accept the odds of i hope that, that that <laughs> i hope that these tesla carbines on these bikes kill that solitaire real quick yeah and i just choose not to be the guy being that just choose not to be the guy playing necrons it's fine that's also a fair Gross. decision i understand as for and, myself, I'll uh, quickly dive into it. Oh, Nathan, do you have more? No, there's just something in chat. Uh, easy peasy lemon squeezy is like Nathan is a doctor, right? He has a good healthcare system right now. I don't. I'm not that he kind said, of doctor. Yeah, the end of it. So I know. Should oh be many, you could jump in front like, of your million pound cancer <laughs> ray, and maybe it'll cure you or give you superpowers. No, it just give me millions of dollars worth of cancer. Ah. Um. Uh, damn. Damn. <laughs> 
<laughs> now um, you can talk about your weekend. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been done uh, yeah. since Friday. Friday, Thursday, buddy. Uh, oh, has uh, always. Innes has just always been drunk. Let's clarify. The UK has crawled to a standstill for reasons in the news that are boring me, so I'm not going to go into it. But broadly, nothing has changed. Everything is mm -hmm. the same. I got to play an RTT this weekend. It was good fun. Uh, I managed to play Chinsuka again. I took them to a 3-0. I played uh, Yunari. I played Tau, and I played Terranids, um, which is you know a nice set of armies to get get some testing against. Uh, Seismic cannons are fine. Shotguns are OP. Um, yeah, it's all about the shotguns, really. <laughs> it's very important that everybody we, understands. We, we that hope that you solution. have enough shotguns in your box in order to equip all of them with shotguns. Yeah, it's my dude. I have all my all my all my to built baby with shotguns, which solve all the Xenos problems. You, you want to get rid of shield drones? Shotguns, baby. <laughs> want to get rid of Terra Warriors? Shotguns. Look, the the thing that I was saying to my teammates is. Everybody out there right now is paying all these points for like can't be wounded on better than fours and ignore AP one and no wound rerolls and all the all this garbage. Shotguns, none of that. It's just straight damage output, baby. <laughs> You're ignoring yeah. cover. It's the only rule that they don't get to they don't get to double stack. Everything else, straight. You're getting straight value for your points. You're not wasting anything on anything they're ignoring. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's actually been really funny having people with, like all these buffs stuff, and I'm like, yeah, cool. I literally would be doing the exact same thing to a guardsman right now. So, <laughs> look, if I throw 180 dice at this problem, eventually something is going to die. Yeah, it's it's oh. actually hilarious. Um, Eric managed to win a major with the list this weekend. Uh, Eric Lathras, who wrote the list, uh, with some small tweaks. Uh, so massive props oh, to him yeah. from Australia. Uh, we'll touch on Gene Circults when we get to the uh, the meta section, but huge shout out to Eric because he's been an absolute inspiration and he is, I believe as of now, the third or fourth person to ever win a GT plus sized event with the new current Gene Circle Codex. So, yep, yeah, well done. Well done, Eric. Uh, you joined the esteemed company of me, TJ, and Nick. Uh, <laughs> that, that was it till now, and ours all happened in yep. February. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Before the incident. <laughs> Yeah, which incident. one? Which yeah, I was like the incident. There's a lot. Wow. There's, there's been like one four incidents. incidents. <laughs> Custodes buffs, Tau Codex, Armor of Contempt. Oh yeah, the buffs happen. I forgot. The, I forget that Custodes got buffed, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, Gene Circles have had two valid state slates in a chapter approved and no changes so far. <laughs> just so I'm just they got I'm just better so secondaries for... in Nephilim. They did, they, they, yeah, secondaries in Nephilim. I don't count that because everybody got better secondaries in Nephilim, but Whoa, they, they were nice. Not everybody. <laughs> okay, yeah, poor Space Marines. Who got taken out back and shot in the oath. <laughs> right in the oath, yeah. Right in the oath. <laughs> right in the, right um, in the oath. I was right, say, right through the purity seal on the forehead. Given the Reddit chatter yep. of a bunch of people who are talking about how Votan is not good, I would not be half surprised if day one there's a Votan buff data slate where they're like, oh, you guys said Votan's not good. So we're just going to make everything 10% cheaper. <sighs> why? <laughs> why would you put this energy into why the universe? Even, yeah, why would you even say that? Because Void at this point, everybody's de everybody has decided that my idea of soft banning them until there's an FAQ is crazy talk. Well, no, so I've I decided instead... <laughs> 
I've decided instead, let's just light the whole thing on fire. We haven't learned from the last four times. Yeah, how are you in favor of just let things be broken? This one, this is the one, folks. This is the <laughs> single time that even I think that things don't need to get crazy. <laughs> I wasn't on the week that you guys talked about this. I have played and been a part of a significant amount of Reddit leak based votan testing and holy fucking shit i'm pretty sure i could be like my thick city and light list at the same time with my ymir list and if that's not damning i don't know what else to tell you yeah i guess we could talk about that in a bit so give us the the... it's fine I don't know that Crusher does. Not a chance. I know it does. I know it doesn't. I'm taking the piss. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't. I was like, God no, it is. I think you could. I think you could ninth nids Crusher and still lose. You could. You could still win too. I think that that list could do it. You get a lot of. I stuff. think that's the only time. I think that's the only time you'd have a chance. The, the thing that never actually got to exist. Yeah. If you ever put two things next to each other supplement. in that matchup, you just die. Like, you, there is... Yeah, but it goes down. Like... Oh, no. Instead, oh, I'm just going to, like, nice. soothe my spirit by staring at Magic the Gathering Commander Leaks for Tyranids. That I'm just going to play happy. them. It's fine. About... I don't have shame. We should talk about the meta that is because i think right now it's probably the best the game's been since i've started uh because i started the weekend well, the let's, Iron let's finish out, came out let's finish out the intro and then then we'll do well go yeah i was that. just saying like in his, i mean yeah. <laughs> can talk about his stats and things that aren't suffering yeah well, i mean there, i can talk about a little bit of suffering, suffering. There's, a, there's a little bit of suffering nathan, in the nathan, stats still. nathan what i was trying to finish the intro no oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Now I don't want to. Now I'm feeling pressed into this, and I'm I'm feeling like I'm feeling like you guys aren't appreciating what I'm trying to do here. Oh. And I just want to I want to let you guys know that. And it's we always appreciate you. Don't That's start a this. damn lie. That's not a lie. So. That is the intro. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We are going to be covering a couple of topics this weekend. So we're going to be covering the stats of the week, as we always do. We're going to be doing a bit of meta breakdown and commentary. Uh, we'll be covering LGT, uh, which is upcoming, and also uh, the Chaos Demons testing that Anthony did this weekend, as well as a broader meta talk. And then we'll be going to listen to questions, which will be the last half hour or so of the show. If you are in the Discord and you want to ask a question uh, and you're in the chat now, you should probably do it there because we'll definitely get to it. Whereas if it's in the chat, we might miss it. If you're in the chat, otherwise, pop it in towards the end of the show when we're actually talking questions and we'll do our best to get to them. Uh, if you pop it through now, the likelihood that Nathan scrolls back this far to read them, vanishingly low. Uh, I'll do all the plugs in a little bit later because uh, we're 50 minutes in. I don't think we've earned it yet. You guys uh, should listen to us a little longer, see if you see if you like it, and then you can stick around. Let's move on eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nathan, tell us about the week in numbers. Sure. So we had eight events that we tracked this weekend uh, that are 25 plus person, five plus round events. Uh, I guess we'll just talk about meta representation. We'll talk about some overrep from this week. Then I'll show you guys some 
cool summary data that's all the way through last weekend. And then we can chat a little bit about win rates from this past weekend as well. Uh, Tiernids have the number one spot overall from a top four perspective and from GT wins. They top 10 to 12 events. They top four to five events and they won three GT sized events, which funnily enough, their overrepresentation because they make up about 8% of the meta is still only about a 1.93. So they're actually sub two. Chaos Marines are actually the second place faction. They've been moving up basically week to week. And after last week's major explosion kind of a placement, so they've continued to place really well, even in a quieter week. Uh, this last week, they had nine top tens, five top fours, and one GT win with an overrep of 1.22, which actually is indicates that faction that's healthy, but not overpowered necessarily. Uh, Let's fucking go. The- <laughs> Yes, as as Anthony responded to that when I posted it up originally in our little in our planning chat, he was like, "Yes, rise, Chaos Marines." And third, we have Harlequins, who got six top tens, four top fours, and one GT win. They're at a meta representation of three point three percent, so we're starting to get towards like the lower end of meta representation. <laughs> but this totally dead faction has a three point seven nine overrep, so they're. Almost four times more represented in top fours than they should be, which is a lot, guys. Um, That's although fine. this is real, it's fine. So the faction's dead. They're six feet under. They're never coming back. They're definitely not dancing on other people's graves. They'll never see the light of day again. Never. Uh, Necrons are number four. We have six top tens, three top fours. No GT wins this week, but they're at about a zero point nine three over rep, so they're fine. Honestly, don't think Necrons are as big of a problem. But we can talk a little bit about the discrepancy between veteran win rates and casual win rates and why that might be a problem in a little bit. Um, Craftworld Eldar are in fifth place with six top tens, one top four, and no GT wins, and an overrep of 0.4, which is um, bad. <laughs> that's, not a, that's, that's a lot of players not converting. That's worse than Marines, guys. That's... That's worse a, than a, a lot of things. <laughs> that is the worst overrep of all factions that had top four placements. <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty Seth Harbin Institute of Technology. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, Marines are doing okay. They're at a 0.58 overrep, which is actually terrible. Uh, Imperial Knights are at a 2.4. They continue to kind of be steady. It's a slower week as well. So the faction kind of that's can, really consistently... Good so the faction yeah, is consistently strong. placing, but they're not like closing as many events. So they have five top tens and three top fours, and they're played by about three point nine percent. So they're really good at getting you to like a top ten finish. Like you know, you finish mm-hmm. your seventh, your eighth with your knights. Yep. Uh, demons are starting to come out of the hole that they were in for the last few weeks. We're starting to see demons start to place as the new book kind of hits the meta. Uh, Demons had four top tens and one top four, and that's something we can talk about a little bit later when Anthony talks about breaking the book that he did over the weekend. Other than that, the only major thing of note is that Gene Steeler Colt had three top tens, one top four, and a GT win that we tracked, which gives them an overrep of 1.84. So they're doing fine. Eric, is it my fun? It's basic. That book book is terrible, but that list is real good. Um, I, I will say that Gene Steeler Colt are a 1.7% meta representation faction. So if just one person does well, 
the faction does well from an overrep perspective as uh, well I think as from a win rate perspective. It was like six or seven players or something stupid like that. Like total, it was six. Six, six, six players. total players. So, yeah. It, it's I mean, going to look bad whatever you happen when you have numbers that low or it's going to look really good. Like there is no in-between. Yeah, and we can talk about win rates real quick. The, there are two sub-10 factions above Harlequins and their Forces of the Hive Mind mm-hmm. at 72.7% win rate. Forces didn't place over the weekend. It's just two players. They went. Oh, okay. They went eight and three. The two people who played. Good for them. Sure. Uh, Gene Steeler Colt is uh, at sixty-seven point seven percent with six players, and usually on a week-to-week basis, I just ignore sub-ten player data to be honest, because it's not enough players to really make like any lar- like kind of conclusions or look at any trends. But Harlequins are the best. Faction with over 10 players. They had 12 players this weekend and they had a 66.1% win rate. And I know we talk a lot about how you shouldn't use weekly win rates to like talk about your overall meta health, but it is kind of an indicator along with their overrep that there is a problem. Tyranids are next at 64. And then the next faction after that with 10 is Chaos Demons. We're at a 58.7% over the weekend. So Chaos Demons may be good. Uh, And then it's Death Guard. Imperial Knights, Orcs, and Sisters at 56.4 down to 52.2 for Sisters. So kind of in that 50-plus range. So pretty reasonable win rates over a one-week sample size. Death Guard showing yep. they actually can, you know, go 3-0, 3-2, Chaos Space Marines, though, did dip for the first time in a long time, partially because their meta representation has shot through the roof. They're at 12.8% for this week, and they've been kind of going up week to week over the last few weeks. And... What happens frequently, as you see meta rep, unless the faction is broken, you see the win rate kind of drop overall as you get more and more players added in. And so Chaos Space Marines drop for the first time in a while. They drop down to 45.7%. You're probably also seeing an effect of people know what Chaos Space Marines do now. They have plans for them in their builds. They've played against them a few times. You're not getting hit by the surprise factor the first time you play against Abaddon now. Um, right. Yeah. Which is that's kind of the overall... Yeah, that's kind of the overall state yeah, of the meta. Uh, go ahead. The absolute fear in someone's eyes after the first time Abaddon deletes one of their units, and they're like, what the fuck was that? And then they're like, wait, now he's screened again? And you're like, yeah, super value, big fan. <laughs> and then we'll Less have the meta. The meta dashboard will be updated for this week's data um, as soon as Cliff has an opportunity to get to that. I mean, Cliff has a life outside of stats work, so it'd probably be a couple days. But I can show you guys kind of what we're looking at right now through September 4th as I maximize my screen before I share it so you all don't have to see everything that is else on it. Wee! So, I mean, as you can see, starting... In July, this is all Nephilim data, kind of had a widespread, and now we're kind of narrowing in on this area. I talked about this, I think, a little bit last week when it was just me and Ennis. But the meta's in a much better spot now than it was before. This is summed win rates across all of Nephilim. And we've really had everybody kind of close in to the 60 to 40 range. Or 60 to 40 range. Poor Imperial Fists, bro. I I mean, (laughs) at least they're above Titanicus Tratoris. Who won a game this week? Won a game at Nova. Yeah, they Heroes. won. Well, they, they so there year. may be a better win rate 
That was actually fine. no. I'm sorry. The sad, the saddest thing on this is the uh, the story Kelly through image where the Crimson Fist line just stops on August seventh as the two <laughs> players gave up. Uh, <laughs> well, I think one of my one of my favorite things to show is actually this diagram. Where are the fists? I don't know. Probably one of the really dark red ones. Yeah, it's true. There they are. Yeah, right them. here. They're so far down, and they have so few games played, and their win rate is so bad that they're not even they're hitting fully in on. the They're hitting in the corner. They're not even there anymore. <laughs> I like how Forces awesome. the Hive Mind as well is like hiding from sight. It's like, don't look at me. There's so few of us, but we win so many games. So what we've done, and I what Cliff has done really, is he's made a few of them transparent so that you don't see some of the factions that have very few games played, like Forces of the Hive Mind. It's kind of hard to talk about Forces of the Hive Men because there's 10 games there and they have a 60% win rate. And that doesn't really mean as much in the grand scheme of things when you're looking at the overall scale yeah, of the data and looking at the health of the meta. Two could be doing better elsewhere doing okay. Yeah. No, dude, I'm and sure they're once... just and they're broken builds. <laughs> and then ne yeah. next next week we'll talk about some of the sub-faction breakdowns for Chaos Space Marines and for Chaos Demons once they've had like an opportunity to kind of sit in the wild. But I'm sure as everybody can kind of predict, and based on the current data that we're looking at, is that you probably have a lot of creations of Isle stuff that's sitting in the meta. Well, I'm I surprised mean, are actually not played as many games as the other factions. Like, they're kind of very middling. Well, we only have so many games. They're about half of the Black Legion meta representation. But the win rate for Word Bearers were at 268, and then Creations of Bile at 56% with 180 games played. Yeah, so like compared to the other three sub factions that were playing, they were playing like a seventh of the games. Yep. Then the other thing that I really wanted to touch on very briefly is kind of something that's hidden in the Necron data. And Anthony was giving me a look when I was talking about it because they're only at a 0 0.93 meta representation. And he got real mad about it. And he's starting to get mad about it right now. Um, is if you look at Necrons just by themselves, the veteran win rate, that's people who have attended more than one event, is a 59%. While the casual win rate, those are people who are attending their first event, is at a 47% win rate. Which is a really high casual win rate, by the way. Like, they're not yeah. normal. It's not normally that high. So it is high, but that's also a huge differential. That's a 12% differential between casual and veteran win rates. And that might be where the problem actually exists, is that there is that differential. There are other factions, of course, also that have huge differentials. Drukari is one of them. Even Tyranids has a like nine percent differential between veteran and casual win rates. Could, could, What's that just, bottom uh, right quadrant is real sad. So this is Eldari. So this is actual Eldar soup, um, where the casual win rate is higher than the veteran win rate. Um, the, the, I think Cliff had a corner. This called this corner the WTF corner. <laughs> where it doesn't yeah, really the, make the, a whole the two, lot of The sense. two right-hand corners are WTF columns for different reasons. Yes. <laughs> and there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about because I thought it was really interesting, and I think it's this, not this image, but this image. One second, guys. Ah, images. So, so too many pictures. So this is the percentage of players, and this is the number of GT-sized events that people have attended. And so this is some of the data that we look at when we've been considering veteran versus casual win rates. And we've been considering breaking the data down further into more segments. And what you really see here is that 66% of 40K players that we track in our data set in events of five plus rounds or 25 plus players, 66% of those only go to one GT. I play this game too much. 
T- tag yourself. I have a problem. <laughs> two, two, two or fewer is eighty-four percent. Almost, actually, eighty-five percent. Once you sum the partial fractions. Yep. So that um, that's your five out of six. And this is like over here in the thirteen range or something like that. Yeah, if we're, if we're just talking GTs, I'm like. Yeah, if we're just talking like GT pluses, I'm like in between ten and thirteen. If you're including like team event, like five round team events, I'm somewhere off in like the sixteen round for this year. So what we consider for like the veteran win rate is like this whole band here, which is the nineteen through this two through thirteen essentially. And so what we're starting to consider is breaking off one. Two and then breaking off the higher numbers as yeah, well. We could we could have ca- casual veteran and sweat category maybe for people with I like think six we, or more events on a faction. I think we decided to call it pro instead of sweat, but yes. Um, and what we're yeah, really considering here is that used. yeah, well, one of the things that we're considering though, and one of the things you have to weigh um, is that obviously zero point zero one percent of the player base is a very tiny number no, no. of players. It's very important that we only track Ogden, Vic, <laughs> Manny, me, and... So <laughs> like, we're, what are we doing? We are going to put all these things together, and we have to kind of do that, because once you break down the data set too far, you stop being able to make conclusions about anything other than, like, two people. No, nah, bro. That one game totally determines the win rate for that faction. Definitely does, but that's one of the things that we're talking about. And then, yeah, you can totally see my my data set for that overrep data, just because I want to torture you with numbers and spreadsheets. Because I know that it yeah, makes that, Anthony nobody's, so nobody's happy. Gonna read, nobody's going to read this. No, also, somebody it's might. Seventy three and partly sunny where he is. Uh, oh yeah, cool. That's true. <laughs> so I'll stop sharing there. So that's kind of the gist mm. of what's going on. So the meta's in a really good spot overall. I mean, there are factions that are kind of dominating some of the performance categories but the meta seems more open than it has really been at any point unless you're one of the few factions that really has few like almost no options um and there are a couple of those imperial guard need a book for ninth edition um adeptus mechanicus need like a wholesale salvage operation of their book um just abandoned not bad just stay down there yeah also guards just suck Guard have this really awkward thing where, like, going second against Guard is one of the most terrifying experiences I will ever experience in my life. Because it's just like, what if they just, what if they just roll me, dude? Like, what if they just rolled above average? Man? It's terrifying. What if, if playing you chaos and they just Good. go vengeance for Cadia, and then you look at you're like, oh, oh no. It, it does kind of, but it's terrifying that it could. But I think this does feed into a good moment of talking about kind of the meta standpoint for you two, talking about Necrons and talking about demons, and then Anthony talking about Votan's potential impact after testing. Do you want to do something first, though, Ines? You look no, real... I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to plug something earlier. I'm going to do it now because it'll segue in. Uh, okay, uh, I was on the Contact Moss podcast this week, which was uh, really good fun. Uh, that should be coming out tomorrow. Uh, and we did a really good chat about preparing for big events and talking about LGT. And we had a bit of a meta discussion as well. So I'm going to try and feed off some of the topics that I did there. But if you want to hear me specifically talk more about this, go and listen to that show when it comes out tomorrow. Uh, I'll be plugging on all the socials. Uh, the guys at Contact Lost do a fantastic job at opening up the black box that is Poland. Um, and you should definitely listen to it. It's probably one of the best 4K podcasts out there. It's definitely one of the most informative. I learn a lot about the game every time I listen to those dudes. Anyway. So, the main thing is, the meta right now, 
is actually way better than I thought it was. Like, it's the same meta we played WTC on. Um, after coming out of WTC, I think the meta is a lot better than I thought it was going into WTC. Um, I was a lot, a lot more down on it, and as as a person whose brand exists in being negative about everything I could possibly be negative about, um, that that's a painful admission for me. Um, I think Necrons are problematic at most levels of play, but I have also broadly found that you can really put the brakes on Necron players and just be like, no, you you stay down. Um, and it's kind of the same thing we had with Sisters, where, yeah, their secondaries are ridiculous and oppressive, but you can also make sure they only score 80 points, not 100, and then you just go get your 95. Um, and we're finding, or I'm finding personally, that I can do that to Necrons to a lesser degree, for sure, but I can definitely hold Necrons' head underwater and say, no, you're you're not scoring primary this game, and uh, you can fight for your secondaries, whereas pre-Deflame, it was kind of not feeling like that, uh, especially when you went second against some of those builds when you didn't have experience against them. It was just horrible. Uh, as you'll attest to having played gone second against Liam at uh, WTC Anthony. Dude, it was fucked, man. Like, <laughs> it was... I I have, like, psychological scars from that that will yeah. never... This is the second most traumatic game I've ever played. Yeah, it, it's real rough, but I'm broadly finding ways to mitigate it personally. Like, I, I can go second against Necrons and still think I have a plan now. Um, which is nice. It's it's a better it's place to be. I think it, they need they need help. It's like we need help with them. But you can you can kill Necrons. They they still have terrible rules. Their army still everything sucks about them except their Nephilim secondaries. And they are oh, still basically four three sec three to four secondaries, a couple of data sheets, and a trench coat. Trying and to look at I don't know, man. Every fucking data sheet having core really ups what they're able to do man i was doing some decent damage when i played with them over the weekend like sometimes you can just clown stuff but like it just depends on what you're taking to an extent you can fit a billion units in the list so like it kind of doesn't matter that the first unit you hit someone with doesn't do a ton of damage because the second one will finish them and all your shit's obsec so maybe it's okay that not everything hits that hard but, but you have to remember that though not everybody's running rates some people are running score packs and those things just die it's great dude i played with both like it i wasn't mad about the score packs that i had like they were okay they weren't the best shit ever but like i just don't like score packs yeah he just doesn't like yeah like they didn't dude they didn't like change my life but like you know they were they were pretty good (laughs) Um, i would hope i would hope that nothing specific i would hope no specific unit in 4k had ever changed your life anthony like, no. Oh, that's not true. Drazar changed to him as a person. Understandably. I'm surprised you don't have him tattooed somewhere, to be honest. Not yet. Um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Drazar, to, Drazar has... The Aussie tattoo has to be the next tattoo I get. Um, <laughs> I should have that done soon-ish. Um, In my experience, also... Drazar also changes other people's experiences of the game, to be fair. I have left in like actual psychological marks on people using Drazar. <laughs> PJ only refers to Draz by his full name. So that's Master pretty funny. Like title included. <laughs> like Draz our Master of Blades. Like when he talks about mm-hmm. it, it's pretty funny. Um but yeah. The I think the meta's in a good spot. It's interesting, like, because when I started, like literally the day I walked into the game's workshop is the day that the meta went to shit. Because it was the when the Iron Hands Codex came out. So like it's just been kind of a shit show the entire time that I've played. So to see it kind of stabilize is actually really nice it's a real horrible shame that games workshop doesn't understand how spoilers work 
and just fucked Votan right into the floor. Um, yeah, not optimal from the boys, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe me and every top player I've spoken to is wrong, and maybe the dudes on Reddit are right, and the army only moves five, it doesn't, and it doesn't have enough output, it does, and it's not tanky enough, it is, and its secondaries aren't very good, they are, but maybe none of that's true, and maybe, just maybe, that dude playing Rubric Flamers has it cracked, and that's the path to taking down the army that kills your entire army in a single turn. Yeah, I I, I think I, we were speaking about this last week when we did, uh, when we did our full episode uh, without you. Um, the problem that the biggest thing that I love about Votan is that I've spoken to a bunch of top players about it now. Every single one of them thinks the book is broken, and every single one of them thinks a different thing about it is broken. Like uh, every yeah. all the different segments are like, yeah, no, I think Magnarels are broken. I think Ymir is broken. I think Berserkers are broken. I think um, the Great Arthurian League is broken with Uthar. I think Uthar is the best data sheet in the game. I don't care about Uthar, and then <laughs> because I can just do all this stuff, and then every single one of them is right. <laughs> Yeah, it's the way uh, fucked. the way that the way that conversation's been going for me has actually really been funny. Um, because like someone will come to me and be like, "Hey, I think this thing's broken." I'm like, "Cool, test it into this," and I give them the thing I think is broken. And they go and try it. And they come back to me and they go, "Holy shit, man, what the fuck?" And that's happened four times now. Um, so yeah, I I like don't I can't picture a path to victory against an equal skill player at, at like my level playing votan with any army and i like any army that i play and i, I have a bit of a reputation for meta rerolling to the strongest thing so if everything that i've played which is all the strongest armies in ninth so far cannot even on a prayer keep up with an equal skill player i don't know what other people expect to happen um, if your opponent like intentionally throws, maybe you win, or maybe if I'm playing against an equal skill player and he like trips and hits his head, and like maybe, but like outside of like medical incident at the table, I don't understand what I'm meant to do to beat Votan. They don't have discernible weaknesses. They're better than you at every phase. Uh, movement shooting, they're better than a decent chunk of armies at the psychic phase because uh, they can just action and cast anyway. Uh, and the thing they're casting, they don't care about getting denied, because they're just way over there, so it's not going to happen. Um, two of their units shoot harder than five of your units. Their fighting is... In, like, they get Thunder Hammers just for free on their melee unit. Every other army in the game has to pay, like, 15 points for that. Uh, their Thunder Hammer is better than yours as well, over top of that. There's just so much wrong that I don't even know where to start. Uh, and it doesn't make sense. I don't understand. The box from our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to order a box, hit up, <laughs> insert sponsor here that we don't have, and they'll get you squared away. But, like, it is, it is giga frustrating um, as someone that's, like, trying hard right like I, I embrace the tag of try hard because i think that it's a good thing not a bad thing i think people that try to shame others for trying hard at things are idiots that are never going to be good at anything um and that like it's really frustrating when you are trying hard 
sacred and something comes in and just rolls the game down the hill when it's already in a pretty good spot. Not to mention the fact that we're see- we're ba- just based on timing alone, we're likely to get a data slate this month. So they're going to fall into a freshly nerfed meta. Like, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? It's just, it's it's really sad. Like, I was really looking forward to Votan um, as a Same. as a real-life short, short king. I was really looking forward to being the ITC official one. Uh, so <laughs> I was really hoping that I would get to play with my people. And instead, I just don't give a shit about the army. Because, like, as again, this is speaking as someone that routinely plays the most broken thing on purpose. Like, it's so much that I'm not even playing the game. Like, rolling dice is a formality. You're going to die by the end of my given phases. Anything that I can see or touch is gone. Like, <clears throat> it's just disappointing, man. It's really, really disappointing given the state of the game and where things are at and, like, how good things are right now that we have something coming in that's just going to actually ruin it. Um, what have you tested also, Votan against, just out of curiosity, Anthony? as we Like, adding some examples as we talk about how Votan are in such, like, coming in, in such a powerful way? The only thing that I have not seen it played against, because this isn't necessarily my, all, all like, my play. Um, this is just, you know, videos and stuff. Um, I just, I have, I've seen it tested into Nids, into Knights, into Harleys, into CSM, into, I mean, like, you name it. I've seen it into pretty much everything except, like, Gene Stealer Colt. Uh, yeah. I haven't even seen anything get close. Like the the closest game I've seen for Votan on the build that I think is best um was like a 16-4 for the Votan and that was against Harlequins and it was like a foregone conclusion by the second turn. Uh yeah, it just doesn't it's really again, it's it's deeply disappointing. Um, and also let's just nip this in the bud. If folks want to talk about this, if you tell me that the army is slow, or if you tell me a list of reasons why a matchup that I'm telling you is not going to work out the way you think it is works and you haven't played with Votan yet, I'm just going to rip you. Please don't do that. (laughs) It's been happening a lot, and it is past the point of frustration. It's real annoying. Yeah, All about engagement, how, how love answering go, questions. How does it go into Night Lords without Abaddon? Uh, terribly, actually. That's the one, because combat attrition is really rough for the land fortresses. Yeah, that, that so you should sense. try that. <laughs> yeah, you should Thank give you. that a shot. Plus one to wound is really good against no wound rerolls. Like, you mitigate a lot, of their, a lot of their benefits, so it makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, Warp's Malice is just like what killing stuff. It's true. You can just flatline some... The Zerkers have a feel no pain. The Fortresses have a lot of wounds. Troops. One you know, they come back to life. Wait. With both and your Even flips, when people yeah. talk about it being... Be, the army being slow, is like, well, we'll just ignore the whole bikers with obsec thing. That, like, the bikers with the pre-game move with... The pre-game move obsec bikers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the or, or that the land fortresses themselves move ten, right? Like, yeah, auto advance, advanced strat. Like that's just they also just like, like flat advance three. Like if you're not shooting, you movement eight. 
Well, on the, oh, like, the dudes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. It's flat advanced. Like, it's fine. They're not that slow. Your accelerator yeah, unit's going to be just... an extra 12 inches. Every single Ooh. time. Someone's like, oh, they're slow, they're this, they're that. I'm like, hey, have you played against them? They're like, oh, well, no. And I'm like, cool. Good. Uh, same thing with beams. Honestly, like, judgment tokens, everyone's freaking out about judgment tokens. Like, judgment tokens haven't mattered in any of the blowouts against good armies that I've seen. Every time it's the beams. That's like they get four shooting phases every time they activate. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Um, and your only way to mitigate it is to not be shootable at all, which is not real on like all boards. Right. It's good. It is. Uh, I do imagine that oh, you're going to be one of those. Of each other. Deeply disappointed. Yeah. That's going to be the, the tagline for this episode is officially that Anthony is just deeply disappointed. Which, this is actually yeah. the most pessimistic I think I've heard Anthony be about anything ever. I don't yep. I don't know if you've, if you've interacted, like, if our audience has interacted with Anthony on any regular basis, but Anthony is definitely not a pessimistic person about 40k generally. I mean, there's like a hundred hours of Anthony on the internet you can go and watch now. If you've not realized that he is generally upbeat, I'm not sure you're uh, watching. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk yeah. about something that we're not no. deeply disappointed about. Uh, the engagement range changes. Oh, oh, yeah. We should. Fuck, we yeah. can definitely talk about the the change that GW snuck into an FAQ that they didn't tell anybody about. <laughs> they announced the FAQ, and then you open it up, and there's just nothing. It's literally zero change. It was the best Even thing ever. It says at the top, like highlighted changes will be like in these couple of colors, but we don't highlight things that were removed. I guess so. Instead, we end up with. Basically, people like copy pasting whole sections of text into like the finder in the document to see if they can find where there's stuff missing, <laughs> which is in and of itself, GW, just a whole thing you should stop. Doing, like eight, eight escorts were like, what's changed? What's changed? What's changed? What's changed? What's changed? Uh, and you just manually yep. go through all of them like, shut up. It's not. Nope. It's this. You find and the one. Like, thing I wonder if there's anything else. Uh, the designer commentary FAQ on fight on fight first and fight last is gone. The commentary yeah, itself is just yeah, gone. It's gone. It's just gone. The the, oh, the update is that's gone. That's fine. It doesn't change anything. It's okay. It doesn't. Yeah. The commentary does, going that away. Confirms how fight last works. Shut up. With Benson. No. Enough. Don't. We also got an imperial. We also got an imperial armor FAQ that removed the legion tag from a bunch of units, which means death guard and thousand sons can't take forge old units at the moment. That um, I actually think is kind of funny. <laughs> so yeah, no more contenders for your death guard. Uh, they're illegal. Uh, contraband items. No more drop pods for Thousand Suns either. Oh no! Also, I think is kind of funny. It's probably improving their win rate. You can't put your fruit flavor rubrics in it now. Makes my clean into the job so much easier. <laughs> Anthony, what, what if I included a twenty rubrikai unit with twenty flamers, and I just dropped it on my opponent turn one every Can't game? Can you run twenty rubrics? I don't know. Yeah. That, really. I didn't think that was a thing anymore. Not a 20 of them, but you can run like two tens. Oh, right. No, okay. He said, he said a 20. Oh, yeah. I said a 20. Yeah. Oh, no, damn, that would be so funny. That's I wish you could do that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I would, would definitely I mean, do that. <laughs> yeah, but that that's, would be that's enough flavors. <laughs> Yeah. The highlight of the unhighlighted changes is that they removed the two-inch engagement range through terrain from the rules in the FAQ. 
I can't stop thinking about 20 flamers in a unit now. Like, imagine Black Legion just added on both of them, kill half the board. Like, just nonsense. There's your anti Votan tech, something that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodry rolls into Votan, buddy. That Abaddon buff into Votan. The real wound AP, AP2 flamers <laughs> into armor of contempt, but but Innis they have four up armor and armor of contempt is not even good. It's they're AP3 if you they're AP2, they go to AP3 if you have the icon of Zinch, but the icon of Zinch in the Rubber Green it doesn't work they because it doesn't give you that. the icon keyword, yeah. so they don't yeah, get they don't that. Have that. Yeah, they're AP3 if they're yeah. stuck at AP2. <laughs> <laughs> that unit sucks more every time I think about it, man. <laughs> but yeah, two inch engagement range being removed. How is it changing, and how happy are you that it's changed? It's just gone now. Uh, it's just back to the way that it made sense. Yeah, I really would prefer just mass adoption of the WTC rule, so we could all quit pretending that that's not just the best way to play. But you know, but that rule only really works when you can call a judge. So they're never going to put that in the garage, <laughs> like. <laughs> It works fine. I don't understand what the confusion is. You're just, hey man, just gonna abstract a little bit, just outside. Cool, cool, done. We've already abstracted the fact that like we have models and they do things. Like guys, you can use your imagination for next. We're not, we're not playing. We're not playing. caving for it, gay guys. Come on, come on, be better. Exactly. It's really not that hard to be like. I could make this charge if this wall wasn't here. I'm gonna fight through it. Cool. Yep. Anyway, um, rest, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Overrunning out of combat without doing any damage. You were you were fucking hilarious. There was so much stupid jank stuff that so you could run into that rule. So I'm gonna bad. pile into you, punch you, and then pile into you out of you. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? Dumb. Yeah, this this so seems dumb. balanced. Uh, anyway, uh, rest 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 in peace. Uh, you will not be missed. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really got on that one. Let's briefly yeah, talk that. LGT. Uh, LGT, we are two days into signups. There are already 400 players signed up. I am so looking forward to this event. It's going to be great. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier that there's uh, no American sign up. There are definitely at least two. I was having a look at the list. Colin McDade yeah. and James Kelling are both signed up. Uh, that was the only two I noticed when I had to flick through it. But uh, you guys are sending your best, and I look forward to seeing what you guys can do. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh you <laughs> Anthony's gonna go buy another ticket to Europe just just when is LGT? Uh like three weeks. Two weeks. Do you have enough PTO, Anthony, to go? He doesn't even a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm not even close, but god damn do I wish I did. Hmm. Hey man, weren't they both like in the weren't they both in the the top twenty in the honorable mentions for the uh, the player voted best players in America thing? Christ, I'm sure they both top twenty to convince you, bro. Come on, man. Let's move on. Harsh. I was trying to be I was trying to be nice to you guys as best and brightest, and you're slagging off your best players. Let's talk about LGT some more and why we should be excited that LGT has so many people playing in it. Let's talk about the Invitational to start because, man, that's a good set of players. Uh, we have, uh, I believe there's 12 nationalities represented. I'm not sure how Zach got to 12, but I think he's double counting some people. <laughs> um, like, 
you know, Nassim is French Algerian, so that's was... two. That conversation uh, yeah. earlier today was fucking killing me, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's looking like it's going to be a really good event. There's uh, some players from a bunch of different WC teams. We've got Manny from Team England. We've got myself and Brian from Team Scotland. Um, we've got Jokul from Team Iceland, Dino from Team Netherlands, Fred from Team Germany, and Patrick from Team Poland, as well as a bunch of the UK's best and brightest 4150 players and a couple of really, really unfortunate content creators uh, who I, I uh, wish you Godspeed, Andrew Weller and James Grover. Uh, you guys are wonderful people who do a lot for the community. Um, I hope you don't have to play Manny and Malik round one. Get just shot. But yeah, right I'm really, really looking for. Well, James played Malik round one last year. Um, don't think he had a great time with his, you know, like fluffy, well, not fluffy, but like tuned, but tuned, but old Eldar Codex Eldar against Preenar Fadmech. Uh, he came over real quick that game to be like, yeah, I'm done. Bad. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's four rounds. How's it work? So, it's four rounds. Uh, I believe it's just, I don't know if it's knockout or if we just keep playing until we, uh, or if you just play the four games. Um, but if it, I think it's probably knockout because it's been knockout the last two years I've done it. Um, so, it'll be four rounds, three games on the Friday, and then one game on the Saturday night after the first three rounds of the main event uh, with knockout so there's 16 of us we're seated so it is first seating so 50 percent of your seating is based on your itc rank i believe of the assembled i am third so i should be starting in third seat and then whatever the public vote changes me for that one um that will be the seating for that the rest of it is public vote uh, i will put we will put a link to the public voting in this in here vote me number one i want easy rounds i want easy pairings guys come on help me out here you guys you guys can help me out here <laughs> slam him down just, just stick me. I don't care who you put in any of those slots. Number, number one, this guy. Number, number two will be nice. Uh, you can put Brian. I like Brian, and then I can dodge him to the finals. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm gonna 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 use the uh, the power of propaganda. Um, vote me number one. Vote for Pedro. Uh, I will give you a five percent. I will give you a dice in person if you come to me and you tell, you can prove to me you vote with me number one. I'll give you a dice. Oh, yeah. what type of dice? There you go. Black belt. Just call, regular Chessex dice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, you're still you're still giving me a sharp mate, so like let's not go down that road. I regular was just asking bro. I'm working I know on you it. are. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm just tripping you into pit. I'm just trying to be my, an asshole. My favorite thing about this is is just Anthony and Innis bickering back and forth Those like ones, a married yeah. couple in the corner. That's pretty just, much yeah. <laughs> just well, we be doing that. Yeah, no. So, we've talked about LGT and an Invitational, and we've talked about stuffing the ballot so that Innis can get easy yeah. matchups in his seats. Number why don't one. we do some Number plugs one. real? Why don't we do some plugs real quick while yeah, I go grab it. something to drink, and then yeah, we can I'm probably going to go and get a glass of water as well after I do the plugs. Okay, we are almost an hour. Into, we are almost an hour to the show. If you're enjoying this, it probably means you're enjoying us, and you'd like to see more of us. Did you know there's a bunch of ways you can do that? One, we have a YouTube channel. You're probably watching it. Uh, it's called StatCheck, youtube.com slash c slash StatCheck. You can see all of our videos. Uh, if you are a member of the Discord, you'll also be able to access the bonus content there. Uh, it is a massive help for us if you could chuck us a like, if you could chuck us a subscribe, or if you have the time, chuck us a comment. We uh, do our best to respond to all of them. 
Um, we certainly will respond to it if you slag off Anthony, Nathan, or myself, or if you uh, you can't post screenshots in YouTube comments. But if you say you voted for me for number one, uh, then um, yeah, that's uh, a requirement. So uh, go, go and do that. We would really appreciate it. If you're listening on whatever your podcast feed of choice is, whether that's Spotify, Podcast Addict, anything like that, um, thank you. Uh, we do our best to try and be on there with everything, including the bonus content when it is doable. Um, and finally, if you really enjoy what you're, what you're seeing here and you want to support us directly, you can check out patreon.com slash statcheck, which will get you access to our Discord and our um, all of our bonus content, which we try to release every Friday. Uh, we do release bonus content after the fact for everybody, so we should be releasing Anthony's interview with... Who was it you did an interview with? Steven? Steven. Steven, who uh, was discussing his athletes, and that should be coming out on Friday this week. Uh, we've recently had our Anthony's interview with Sam Procopio, uh, and I'll be doing some more innocent out interviews this week, hopefully, and try to grab one of the other, uh, one of the other players. And then the most looked, team. and then the most looked forward to bonus content where I teach Anthony how to do statistics is coming up from our Anthony, our Anthony learns by suffering tier supported content. Um, and and I just this week. I just released the syllabus for the course, which will be nine sessions probably, or until Anthony's brain explodes and his eyes melt out of his head. Like, and then we'll change the tier to some other form of suffering. And then we'll change it to some other form of suffering. Yes. Maybe the next form of suffering will be Anthony gets to teach Nathan how to be good at 40K because that's definitely the next level of suffering we need cliff teaches us how to be nice human beings like you know there's loads of options um, actually unfortunately for you and like everybody else in this except for you is nice. <laughs> you do cliff it's really out. that'd be pretty funny that that's a new kind of suffering is cliff leads us in exercise yeah but also yeah, yeah, like, i don't want to make people have to people aren't going to watch that guys like i don't know how to tell you we'll we'll create the only fans oh. page which Actually, Cliff got really excited at the idea of us creating a new business model to attach to our business. Um, and it'll just be <laughs> us like sweating that. in exercise. Cliff's, Cliff's favorite thing is to, to is to pitch us business ideas. Um, like, we'll mention something that we like the idea of. And Cliff will be like, here's a 15-stage business plan, and I've bought the domain. And we're just like, Cliff, we're not doing that. Oh, I disagree. Cliff Every is- time I'm in, I'm like, let's do it. Anytime Cliff comes up with a marketable idea, I'm so excited about it. I won't lie. I get really excited because Cliff has like a 15 point plan and suddenly I'm like, man, this is amazing. That's so many, did, that's so many steps. Why do we have you and how did we manage to luck into having you as our business manager and handling all this stuff for us? Because we're incorporated in Wyoming. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I think that's, that's funny. Really Wyoming, all I, all I remember Wyoming is it has like a ram on its flag, I think. I don't know. That's where the ranch is. But if you want to watch me torture Anthony with math, that will be permanent. We should go back to those missions. But we're, I think we'll keep all the Anthony Learns math content permanently behind the Patreon. Because a number of of patrons paid a bunch of money in order for me to actually produce that content. But it will be released in probably 18, 15 to 30 minute chunks as nine lessons as part of the syllabus. Fuck. All right. <laughs> and finally, if you enjoy us, we are live every Tuesday at 11 p.m. GMT or 11 p.m. UK. I'll go with because I don't know if it's daylight savings or not right now. And also, your guys' times: six, 5 p.m. Central Standard. 
6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, sometime in Hawaii and some other time in Australia. I assume it's like 6 Thursday in Australia. 6 a.m. Australia time. There we go. It's in Western okay, Australia specifically. I don't know about the other coast. <laughs> he does it at Perth and nothing else. <laughs> yes. Look, which is not Anthony helpful. Anthony only that's exposed like, to so much Australian zones. Okay. You know where Peter Patel is, Honestly, and that's it. Yeah, actually, most of the people I know from Australia are on the other side, but I don't know their time <laughs> zone. Okay, thank you. We're going to jump on to taking listener questions now. So we're going to start with the Discord, and then we will run through the Discord rattle off. We've got about half an hour for this, guys. Uh, I'm going to run a cup of drink of water, and then we will get started. Uh, you guys, let's uh, reinstitute the chat among yourselves for a couple minutes. It'll be Anthony and Stats Dad time, apparently. Where? Oh boy! It really will be okay, Anthony. I promise. <laughs> It'll just be I'm nine thirty minutes. It. The You're first, just like the first 18, 30 minute sessions, and I was like, uh. <laughs> eighteen fifteen to thirty minute sessions. It'll be nine like thirty minute to an hour long sessions. I'm not going to give you homework, Anthony. You're going to be okay. That's awesome. That's that's the safest bet to having me do things. It really is going to be fine, I promise. It is actually mostly going to be conceptual and not as much math. I'm not going to make you calculate a bunch of stuff like live on air or anything like that. That's cool. That would be mostly just embarrassing. And I don't get embarrassed very easily, but being <laughs> really bad at stuff is not a good path. 8 well, a.m. ADT. That's a made-up time zone. One of the things that I really want to push home in this is that like math and stats are not scary and being bad at them is okay and that the path towards understanding is through a gentle and mildly coercive environment where i try to teach you something (laughs) that seems right (laughs) like i'm not here i think it's really important for me to say that i'm not trying to say that anthony is any kind of not smart by teaching him math just we'll to say, establish say it, as a baseline. Like, I watched Anthony <laughs> trying to do math and it was painfully slow. Uh, <laughs> it is okay to be bad at things and a lot of the oh, math teaching Anthony, do you want to run 10 minutes or uh, five minutes on demons before we jump into show questions? After we can just Yeah, we can do that whenever yep. at let's some do point. It. Let's let's do that now because uh, I feel like it. we're <laughs> not talking about how Anthony is good or not good at math and devolving into me insulting him yeah. is not going to help. I was going to talk about how the math system in the United States really mistreats people who aren't good at math initially and tends to embarrass them uh, instead of true. support yep. them through the process. I don't think that's our target demographic, math. buddy. Um, <laughs> just saying. Just putting it out there. It's true. It's not in yeah. our marketing plan. I, uh, yeah. See the see the marketing plan that Cliff definitely wrote up. Um, you can count to step 15. That means you're doing good enough. Good enough. All right. Um, demons. So, uh, Nurgle, as expected, was just pitiful. Like, it was the worst thing I've ever seen, like, out of a new book. I was amazed at how just shit it was. Like, stuff kept happening with Nurgle where I expected, like, I was like, oh, and then you have, like, a feel no pain. And I was like, no. Or I was like, oh, you're like, nice one, Dan. I was just like, no your toughness six and he's like no i was like what's this supposed to do it was really disappointing i was like they could have just left the feel no pain attached to all those units and then they would be like decent at least uh i don't i don't know what the fuck 
Games Workshop was was planning there. So that didn't work out. Didn't find anything in Nurgle I was super interested in except Nurglings. Nurglings were really cool because they're really cheap and they stand over there and they get you uh, CP on Recover the Relics, which is a awful mission designed by bastard people. But and they push the button and intelligence. <laughs> yeah, they can push the button on vital, which is good because horrors can't do that. Um, so can horrors yeah, not do actions? Uh, her horror, blue, blue horrors, horrors cannot do actions. Yeah. Okay. And you're not going to pay for things. So, um, so that wasn't great. Corn stuff. Uh, didn't try hounds. Didn't try blood crushers because they're both like six points too many on either of them. Um. But, man, blood letters. Fuck yeah, dude. They were awesome. The manifestation rules for them to come in off something's leadership was super good. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but pretty often people leave something kind of shitty to hold their backfield and rely on the fact that, you know, nine-inch deep strike rules. No big deal. We'll use my cultists back here. They're perfect for that. Except... Then those letters come down within or just outside of six and 3d6 drop charge them. And then you don't have a backfield objective no more. So for an army that's already pretty good at playing the primary differential game and has a secondary that rewards them for being in table quarters, that shit is real, real good. Um, I've found that the best use of a warlord trait in demons broadly is to give your bloodthirster who is phase capped a feel no pain. Good God, does he take way too many activations to get phase capped? And if you ever don't phase cap him, he also heals through a couple different sources. That guy was fantastic. Um, what else? Scarbrand. Scarbrand is amazing. Um, there's sources of no fallback from Korn's Warpstorm chart, but they are unreliable because it's from the Warpstorm chart. Gotta love a non-reliable faction mechanic. Shout out to Luck of the Laughing God. Um, so, yeah. Being able to force people to not fall back is really, really, really good. Uh, and he also just fucking slams. Dude just crushes things. When he's near Bellacore, Israel wants to hit. He can deep strike within six of Bellacore because Bellacore has Warp Locus. Um, I really, really liked the triple big boy list plus the infantry that loadout that we had for something like teams. I think they'd be really good if you can keep them away from like Votan, Imperial Knights, Chaos Knights. Even in Tau, they're probably pretty good. Um, but we didn't get a chance, a great chance to test that yet. But Tau broadly don't have super high leadership. They struggle with things that are wound gated. There's definitely like, and or wound gated and have a feel no pain, right? Because Farsight has ways around a feel no, uh, a wound gate if you don't have things to back that up but being like t8 minus one to hit like all the various defensive wirings that they have really really problematic um so yeah they are really they felt good like they, they were fun to play they felt good they have some like screwy matchups where like if you go second against imperial knights or chaos knights like you can get just torched and that feels a little bad but in general the books felt super fun um i will say that by the end of the weekend, it did feel like we were in a bit of a sad place with Thousand Sons, because demons add yet another difficult matchup for Thousand Sons into the meta when they were already struggling with melee rush. So we didn't really find a permutation there that, like, like the addition of demons as a whole hurts Thousand Sons more than the addition of flamers to Thousand Sons helps them. So, yeah. 
that's uh talk to me, that's about, basically talk to me about flavors how was how was that data sheet people have been very hyped on them so they're definitely undercosted, right but also they have 12 inch range maybe calm the fuck down like people are losing their minds like flamers table you from across the table with no interaction they have to be right on top of you are they undercosted for what they are defensively and offensively of course anyone who looks at it can tell you that but they're not this just like game ending monstrosity if you touch them in melee they just gone like disappear and granted you have to get through an overwatch to do that but every single melee army in the entire game ever either has a throwaway or a transport or a something that can face tank the overwatch for them yeah it sucks that you're going to lose a unit in your charge phase maybe or maybe your wall guys what'd you say <laughs> charge charge around wall. just use walls yeah that's another one if yeah especially if, like if most armies have overwatch denial like there's ways around it. They're good. Yeah, there's, they're, there's a, they're real good. They're, they're good. Popping that, but they're gonna for sure, that they're not. Yeah, they're going to help keep that book functional, basically. Um, the Fate Scammer was cool. The Zine stuff is good. I think a bird is a waste of time. Everyone freaked out when they saw a three-up involve and didn't realize that it has no other defensive mechanics besides the robe. Um, unless you, again, invest your Warlord trait there. But I think a, like putting all that... You're just putting bad money after bad at that point, or good money after bad at that point. Because, like, you should be investing in your tank bloodthirster that ends the game if it gets to run around, not the Lord of Change who casts the same spells as a Fate Skimmer. Um, so, yeah, not super impressed with lots of that stuff. Pinks remain annoying, but not, they're really expensive now. Uh, and I honestly, I think even before they were expensive, people put like 400 summoning points in them just for them to die anyway. Um, I always thought that was like egregious overkill, but that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, so that's broadly how i feel about that soul grinders i saw people freaking out about like, like they just can't move around the board guys like moving around the board is important and they're really fat and they don't get to do that that's bad and that's pretty much it you already have big boys on the board i got one more fiends good or bad yep. or did you just ask them fiends fiends are a good data sheet but we didn't have um like a good proxy for them because they're on weird bases so we didn't really get to test them over much but they they do a good job covering a lot of the gaps that might exist. Um, but honestly, it's so hard to pass up just more letters. Like every time you have points available, you're like, hey, man, hear me out. <laughs> what if it was just some more blood letters? They are they so good. The, one of the nice things about Flamers, honestly, is that they're so cheap that you can use them to like put up banners early because they move fast. And then you can use them like more proactively to hold objectives afterwards. And you work backwards from there. Fair enough. So, demons out of 10? 7? 6? Like, they're not crazy, but they're fun. They're strong enough. Like, people will randomly win five-round events with them because they'll, like, play the one hard matchup in round five, and then they'll just scam their opponent on four-ups in the turn that it matters, and then crush them. They'll roll eight, like, they'll roll eight, warp, they'll roll eight warp storm points, get to, do, get to do heal and no fallback or some shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, or whatever, and then woo! <laughs> You'll surprise uh, one person who forgot like... how to screen and then just annihilate them. <laughs> oh yeah, if you, I mean, even like even with fairly competent screening, it's not good, man. Like they get into your stuff, and then you can't fall back. Like it's rough. Like it's not easy, even if you're good. Um, 
Flesh Hounds, I just don't think are worth the points. They're like five points too expensive. I looked at them and was like, oh, it's a pretty good unit. And then I looked at their cost and I was like, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, not super great. Uh, any chance of the balance data slate for LGT? I don't know. I don't, maybe. It would have to be no, up no by one... Friday, which I would yeah. say unlikely. They usually drop on Tuesdays. Oh, yeah, that's unlikely. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there have been some rumors that it might be dropping soon, but like the rumor Doesn't for that is like based off of some person in some forum somewhere telling us that is happening. If, soon. if, I, had a, if I had that rumor on a nickel, I'd have a nickel. Yep. Yeah. Why don't we transition over to show questions, though, because we do actually have a fair number of them. We have loads, so I'm, yeah, like, speedrun. <laughs> okay, niche question. How do you fix Grey Knights? How do you fix do you Grey Knights? Fix um, I think they just need more AP, honestly, like, on their guns. It was very confused, even when their book first came out, how low AP their stuff was across the board. Um, but they're a oh, weird they're codex, that. right? Because they're really, they're really good at a bunch of phases. And the second they're like strong, they very quickly become too strong. So yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me to understand like Grey Knights conceptually because they've had purifying ritual this whole time, which is like banana town. But I think if you just nerf that down, that probably opens up their design space a bunch. Maybe which they have. They have. They they dropped the they dropped the limit on it from from I think it's one two three five now instead of one two four six, and you have to control the objective oh. to cast it now. So they already have, oh, that's which is probably why, which is probably why they're saying it a four plus two percent one right. I would just give them back plus one to cast um, that they used to have in the previous codex, like stuff like Game Infinity is a warp charge seven, and they have no way to get around it other than spending CP. Just bring their bring their warp charges down by one, or give them plus one to cast. I don't think it would be too big a deal. Maybe decrease yeah, the good. points cost on like a couple other infantry units or something like that. Yeah, I think Strike Marines should come down a point or two, but I think they're, I think their infantry is pretty good with armor contempt. Maybe like. You need to drop a point off of like the um, the terminators or something like that. But I think yeah. part of the challenge is that Grey Knights have been slightly competitively abandoned, similar to some other factions. As soon as their like major build got nerfed, because everybody was trying to make five Dread Knights work. Yeah, and I think people are still maybe too trapped by the idea that if they can't have five Dread Knights, they can't have a. They're Grey also list. real CP hungry, um, which is not a great place mm-hmm. to be in Nephilim. Right. So you yeah, probably just tough. make some of those it's changes. Tough. That's a painting question that I don't understand. Okay, how hard are you going to T-pose on Anthony once you win London? Not at all. I'm sure Anthony will be very happy for me. Yeah. We're uh, always which, happy for uh, Ennis when he that. does well and stuff. I'm going to snipe that one real quick. So, fun, quick story. Uh, when I got third in Austin, literally after I had finished beating John Lennon, I was more excited for Ennis than I was for myself because that was the day that Ennis won his first major. Uh, and I was like, freaking out for him to the point that I almost didn't pay enough attention to my game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will be thrilled if Innes wins London. Yeah, uh, we we stand we stand each other in this household. Um, we are all we yeah, are all very supportive in that sense. Which hotel are you secretly booked into attend LGT? Uh, sadly, none. Anthony does not have time off. <laughs> um, if I did, I'd be there. What do you expect from Votan on release, given that players will have a limited roster for a while while other units are being released? Somebody's going to play a 200 Hearthkin list, and it will work somehow. Like, I'm I'm not going to tell people that I have seen a bunch of garbage 3D prints already being made on a yeah. bunch of different discords. They're bad, folks. That The Land Fortress that I've seen moving around called, like, the Hecachonk Land Fortress or whatever is a hideous model. Please don't run it. Yeah. Just wait uh, for the Moon Raiders. I think we should it. expect to see TOs banned units that haven't been physically released yet. 
Um, and then we'll probably see like like you could probably run Uther and 130, like nine pioneers and 130, 120 dudes and probably do all right with it. I don't I don't think that I mean, that's I not a list. I think you would crush nerds with like a hundred dudes and eighteen bikes. Okay. Like that absolutely yeah. would ruin people's day. It will work. The one challenge will just be painting all of that by like in order to get it out onto the field. Unless you're lower your standards. Some, you could yeah, also pull a mini pole and have like an in-house painter who's willing to paint two hundred racks. For I painted a hundred G silicon models in two days. I think I can manage it with Vota. I'm sure there are, by the way, Nurgle Matthew, I'm sure there are some 3D printed things that look all right, but so far all of the models that I've seen have been ugly by 3D printed standards for me personally. Like that's my subjective opinion about those 3D prints. I don't think they're that good yeah. looking. I also don't yeah, think that you should play full third party 3D printed armies at tournaments. Just my opinion. Okay. When you're behind in a game, how does your mindset change and what plays do you look for? Anthony, oh. you should just answer this one. <laughs> yeah. So I am in these situations, or I was in these situations somewhat frequently when I first started because I was playing way out of my depth all the time. Um, honestly, what you can do in these scenarios are look for your outs. Your outs are stuff that look like low percentage plays that break the game open for you if they work. Uh, the 40% chance that you hit a shit charge into their really important characters are better than the 0% chance you have at winning if the game continues on its current rails. Uh, don't accept... I will never, like, outside of teams... In singles, never except just being like, no, nope, lost, high scoring L. Don't do that. That's you're you're cutting you're selling yourself short. Hail Marys. Hail yeah. you do Hail Marys when you're behind. Uh yeah. if your you're if you are, winning is zero if you don't do something, but it's ten percent if you do something, do the ten percent. Command yeah. reroll command reroll that six up, command reroll that five up. Yep. Um, go for the night, go for the eleven inch charge from reserve. Whatever you gotta do, man. Just yeah, go for shit. Um the other thing you can do is just like you can just play for really low percentage stuff. Otherwise, like split fire where you shouldn't, and things like that, yep. and just try to high roll. Um, that that is genuinely the, the uh, is look for situations where you can make high rolls happen. Pick ones that are more likely than the ones that are like you know. Don't try and play for like double one into double one. You're not you're right. not it's not going to happen. Um, it might, but you shouldn't expect you you can't not even bank on that. You can't hail Mary on that. Um, right. But yeah, just go for low go for low percentage plays. You're not winning on equilibrium, so break the equilibrium. Also, take, um, like, a minute and think. Like, you can pause for a moment, let your, like, adrenaline go down, let your breathing, like, happen. Like, the thing that I've tried practicing on more recently is, like, taking, like, a minute and, like, thinking. Because it's really easy to get into panic mode and start making all sorts of choices without thinking about it. Yep. And for me, recently, I've been trying to practice more of, like, because some of the things that I've done in stressful situations in 40k, like moving Deathly Bear off of an objective, costing me a game at a GT level <laughs> event where I could have gone and gotten in top five instead of not. Where mostly because Anthony was watching me do it and then was like, Nathan, why? If I had taken like a minute to like let my adrenaline go down, I think I could have made a correct decision in that moment. And I think sometimes that's just what you gotta do. Yeah. I'll to, to, to do what he's asked for and give a reward example. When I play, when I was uh, playing Manny in the finals for Newcastle, I dropped in my power over pod and I split fired it to buggery because I had like seven activations I needed to kill. And I was like, I'll kill four of them with shooting and two of them with morale and one of them will be left alive and that's fine. And uh, it was like, okay, I might not kill any of these. So, and then it worked out and it was fine. But that 
it's one of those moments where you're like, ah, I left four, I left, I killed like three of the activations, left four of them on like one or two models, and then high rolled in the all random morale anyway. So it was like, yeah, fine, that, that's an out there. Uh, you know, just keep good. Yeah, it's Maddie. He can't not roll high. That's the problem. Um, right. You got to make him take the morale. <laughs> okay. Um, thoughts a few weeks out from the balance of our predictions. I have no idea, and I don't want to speculate because I like where the game is right now. I would like taps the Necron secondaries, and I'll live with the rest. Yep. It's, it's like probably really, need a lot of changes for the rest I'm, of the game. But I have like I'm, a really short list of changes that are not Votan related. There's like four, and one of them is make light weapons take a minus one to hit penalty when they advance. And then another one is like make a Leviathan similar to Ramshackle, where if it's strength eight or higher, it goes away. I don't know. Yep, that's actually how that should work. Those are like the two changes I would make. Or make it so that the transhuman only works in ranged or in melee. Like pick one. I don't care. I, I would just make it like the, the big transhuman is ranged only and then it's threes in melee. It's fine. Um, That's fine too. That's also perfectly fine as changes go. How do you feel about GW throwing in the towel and making unit upgrades free as a way to balance points changes like they've done with Plague Marines and Guard? I fucking hate that shit, but whatever. They're going to continue to do it if they want to and that is what it is. I'm hoping for it for Acolytes and Neophytes. Uh, yeah, okay. actually. Go ahead, Anthony. Go. I like there are some instances where I don't hate it, but like there are units where they're already restricted. Like that would be hilarious on Van Vets, right? Like you could never do it there. But like on units where it's like already pretty restrictive, whatever. Yeah, it's like you're getting your heavy weapons for you. It's kind of part of the problem of they decided that the minimum points for an upgrade is five for all of the stuff, and a lot of upgrades aren't worth five points. So you got to make the changes somewhere. Yeah. Yep. I also think that GW should always leave its options open to put points on things, even if they just say it costs zero points. I think like it's whatever. in the specific instance of Plague Marines, I think it's really dumb because there's now no reason to run a Boater Plague Marine, and a lot of people had Boater Plague Marines. Like, why would you ever run one? Uh, which I don't like. I think that that's kind of annoying. Um, but yeah. Fair enough. Okay, when preparing for events with different terrain styles and maps, what changes with your roster? Generally, WC versus UK, TC versus GW versus player placed. Everything. Build, build your list of the terrain. Uh, there, there's episodes on this. Go and listen to Best of Facts of the Next Generation or fucking Artwork Down Under. They've all done episodes on this. Go and listen yep. to a dedicated episode on that. We can't give you a lot in three minutes. Yep, 100%. But broadly, analyze whether it's a heavier shooting or a heavier melee, and then how open the objectives are in most of the missions, and then make decisions for your list based on that available information. Pick stuff that needs to stand in the open. If it's more open, pick stuff that can hide if you get that more. It's yeah. kind of... It's self-explanatory, but it bears repeating. Melee is at its best on WTC and gets worse in almost every other format. What do you use do you look for to maximize the list for an performing faction or super faction? Gimmicks. Gimmicks. Give me and, gimmicks, and, gimmicks skew the one broken thing that you can double down on. Yep. Yep. Uh, or gaps in, the, one. gaps in the meta where your list has a specific function that it's really good at, um, where it just can't be dealt with. Like, for example, if the meta is really bad at killing hordes, play a horde army. It will probably do better than it should. Yep. Find the one thing that your army actually does well and just make it do that a hundred times. Um, how do you go about going? How do you go about going over games to learn from? I talk to uh, 
man, I spent a lot of time talking about this in a chat today. So I think the way that I've handled practice that's been the most beneficial is that um, essentially when we, like we being like Invicta, the team that I play with up here, um, are scheduling a practice weekend, it's usually for, like everyone will practice, but it's usually for someone. And what we're doing is we're tackling the matchup together rather than me playing a game against an opponent. So it's me and my my practice partner against the matchup rather than me against my opponent. Right. And so I, I don't think that's actually going... what the question is asking. I think it's asking like, how do you review a game like in an event setting? Like you've played a game at a tournament. How do you? Oh, an event setting is different. Yeah. Gotcha. An event setting is different because like there's stuff that happens throughout the game. You can usually, in a given game, look at something that's happened and be like, hey, like. That lost me the game. Like, this series of plays that I made didn't go right. Now, some percentage of the time, you made the right plays and lost anyway. And that sucks that that's a thing that happens. Uh, the only, what I've found is the easiest way to know when that happens is playing strong enough army that it's not my army consistently fucking me so that I know that it's my fault when something goes wrong. Yeah. That's I, not I, there is always, always the aspect. Um don't don't blame dice, but dice do play an aspect in this. Like you can't control if you fail at six inch charge. Yeah. Like like there is going to be times where you will lose a game because the dice didn't go with you. And understanding that you put yourself in the best position for that is relevant. I would say like three quick tips for that. Take pictures, try to talk to your opponent and talk through it afterwards with like a friend or teammate if you've got one who's at the event with you uh, just try and like review it if you can't do that chuck some pictures in discord to be like yo here's the situation this is the play i went for is there anything else you would have done differently if you're in an active and fairly reasonable community uh, like for example ours uh people will generally be pretty good at trying to help you out with that um obviously it's not for, it's not free coaching people will you know there's a limit to how much people are willing to help you for free um or in their own time but you know people will generally be pretty reasonable um yeah, just try reviewing it is as much as possible. Try to take out your try to take your memory out of it so that you're not relying on what you think happened, but what actually happened, like what is looking at you on the board there. You know, you had two CP, this was the decision path you made, you went with this strategy and that strategy, and you went for that charge. Whereas you could have gone for this and that, and this is the advantages and disadvantages. You made a decision at the time, you had a limited amount of time to think about it. With the benefit of retrospect and with the benefit of other people, how do you develop that? And that's how you build heuristics and like knowledge pathways where you can like make the right decision intuitively next time is by doing that. Sometimes it's also worth it to give yourself a cooling off period before reviewing your decision-making process. Like give yourself some time between if you lost a game, maybe sometimes you win. It's good to give yourself like a little gap between the two of them before going back and like looking at all the decisions you made just to separate you from the moment. Yeah, I'm really bad for beating myself up after a game I lose and actually separating myself from the starting being like, this is why I made those decisions. This is why I thought it was right at the time. That uh, could be really useful for me. Um, understanding why you thought something was right when it was wrong is also really helpful. Uh, and trying to challenge yourself on those assumptions um, is difficult, but valuable if you can get there. Yep. Yep. Okay. Are you going to buy 40k Commander? Yeah. Probably, Probably the Tyranid one. Maybe going to get the Tyranid deck just because the, the store I'm at has a, has a Nazwadi account now so we can get magic stuff there. So I might get it because I'll get it 
I'll get it and I'll play at the store in between rounds of our team, some of that. Be a bit of a laugh, but I'm not gonna go heavy into it. Yeah, the people in my lab play commander, so it's an easy way for me to get into commander with a deck that I'll kind of enjoy playing. It'll be fine. Do you subscribe to the it's shopping cart theory? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> the shopping cart theory is funny. Um, I guess we should explain it that so you're in a part no, okay. We're not gonna explain it, just do we? I don't subscribe completely to some of the conclusions it draws about people but i generally agree that the shopping cart theory is correct yeah has the queen secretly been entombed in the golden throne uh i, I hope, hope she has but i hope that that's a toilet um <laughs> oh wow ah! it took it a little it is took it a step further than i did i was like i hope not because that would be terrifying um with CSM getting closer to Space Marines and rep numbers and demons likely rising, why haven't things like Kronos Nid seen a rise in play? Because Leviathan is right there, buddy. Just oh, pick the obvious good thing. Take the rest of his question. That's the important part. Yeah. Oh. Are they are they that much worse than the status of factions or is the meta to even specialize right now? They're that much worse than the status of factions. It's just right. it's it's not even close. I played I played Jormandar at a tournament. If I had played Leviathan, every single game I had would have been ten times easier and I would have won both the games I lost. Uh, it's not even close, man. They are ridiculously different power levels. It's insane. Um, and that's why you ignore perfectly good suggestions pop quizzes because I was right and I think Zach was wrong about that question. God damn it. <laughs> um, what are the indicators you look for to show that your list needs changing rather than how you're playing it? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, usually when I feel like I just don't have a tool, like when I go to do something and I'm like, Ah, I just can't do that. Uh, depending on what that is, sometimes that matters. Sometimes the conclusion is that I shouldn't be in the situation where I need a tool for that. Um, but like, and as an example like of this, backfield objective holders in our WTC lists. I don't don't worry about that. That's not important. Uh, man, I really would have. I would have done horrible back alley things for a unit of three biovores at the WTC. Um, the like, my Emperor's Children list is a good example of this, though. Like, I really needed the ability to engage in multiple parts of the board without dedicating a hilarious unit to it. Uh, by breaking the original 10-man Noise Marine unit that I had and moving some other points around, I was able to get three of them, which was huge. And I got another Possessed unit for that as well. So I went from having, like, let's call it four, essentially, threats to having nine. Uh, massive difference. And stuff like that's a huge deal when you're trying to progress through a list. Yeah, I change lists when I'm finding that the th one of the things I'm using is just not performing consistently enough. It might be like super high roll in one game, super low roll in the next. I'm like, can I replace this with something that's maybe less, you know, less upside, but is more consistent? Uh, and yeah. that's generally what you like to push for if you're trying to win like, you know, six, seven, eight round, six, seven, eight, nine, ten round tournaments. Uh, you want consistency. You want some spike potential because, you know, that you're going to have to get lucky to win any tournament. And uh, the longer the tournament goes, the more lucky you've got to get. Um but yeah, so having some aspect of that. And then sometimes you're just like, you know, sometimes it's a meta call. I was very flip-floppy on Harpies for a long time with tournaments because sometimes I'd be like, eh, the train on this one, I'm not going to be able to hide them from any angles. Whereas like on WC boards, you know, I can hide them from most angles. I can, you know, make sure they're deep in my deployment zone. And then I go to Kuhnhammer Open and it's like, they're going to be deploying in full letter sight of my opponent's hammerheads. I'm just going to leave these at home this time. Um, so that that's when you change this. And then uh, changing factions is probably slightly analogous to that as well. Uh, and that's when I get bored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or once once the the thrill of winning versus the the joy of jumping has uh, balanced out. 
I think that's a fair way to put that. I was yeah. having a look at my stats. Oh, 148 event, 448 event games in tonight's edition. 80 of them with Tyranids, of which 67 were in a row. And I'm like, I could, could do it with a sea change. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anthony, is it true that you have soft baby hands that are afraid of trim? Yes. <laughs> Dan, I've, we've kind of answered that question anyway. If a lunch, no. Um, how do you help your kids with common core math? Oh, so just like common core math is just about a way of thinking about solving a problem. So I would honestly just watch a YouTube video about it and then talk to your kid and ask them how they were taught to solve the problem instead of trying to impose the way that you learned how to solve the problem in your schooling because you can confuse your kid. Instead, just watch a YouTube video, understand that common core math is really just about problem solving methods and not about math being different. Can you give us a preview of learning by suffering for teaching math to Anthony? Yeah, you can look at the syllabus on our Patreon Discord where the one that I sent to Anthony and it has nine lessons with details about it. There's one that's called, I think, correlation question mark. What even is this or something like that? Because I tried to make <laughs> it mildly amusing. Yeah. Okay. Will there be a stat check merch store in the near future? Watch this space. We are working on some things by the scenes. Uh, Nathan is in contact with the designer, so once we get all of that resolved, you, the logo that we have at the moment is not our final logo. Uh, it is a placeholder logo uh, until we get everything finalized. It's just, you know, it's doing the job. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, have, we have better things coming, hopefully. Can we tie uh, it band so I can wear it like this? <laughs> uh, requesting a GSCLS update. How are you enjoying it? What do you think makes it so good? And what advice would you give to low-tier player, low players like myself attempting to use it? Um, I am still playing the same list. I know Eric won a major with it this weekend with some slight tweaks. I still really like the Flamers because uh, I got into GSC for the Flamers, man. You, I, I used to play 20 man Blade of Cogs with hand Flamers because they were hilarious and I refused to cut the seven I have left. <laughs> there's, there's, not, there's, not, there's only seven left, man. You can't take them away from me. It's 84 points. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> so, like, uh, I am clinging, clinging to that. Um, it is really good fun. The list is an incredibly interesting combination of lots of different ways of applying pressure and like dummying back uh, i still think the smartest thing i've done with it was when i played against pre-game uh, pre of necrons went first pre-game moved everything forwards he pre-game moved backwards and then i moved backwards in my movement phase and was like you got to come to the middle buddy uh now you're doing it with two turns uh and i was like very happy with that play because then he walked to the middle i dropped in and killed it all uh, and that, that felt great because you know you feel smart it, it's a list that really rewards you for understanding where you can pull your opponent's units to deal with yours because they take so much commitment to kill. Uh, those bike squads do not die easy. Um, that You can really drag your opponent all the way across the board and then give yourself deep strike opportunities. People are still really bad at screening. Um, yep. No, the, nobody's ever really gotten good at it. Uh, you play against the occasional person, but even those people, you can still you can still get around it. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, you just don't really need to be good at it to win games. That's my single uh, largest weakness as a player. Yeah. I, I'm very bad for just like accidentally screening my backfield where I think I'm just idiots savanting it because I've just left stuff and I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered moving that and it's just exactly blocking nine inches and I'm like, I'm so good at this game by mistake. Uh, yep. And I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm like intentionally just going to like, excuse me, I'm not sure if I'm just kind of like doing that intuitively or if I'm just genuinely lazy uh, and I think it might be both. Uh, it can be both. 
It can be both. Uh, my, my advice for, for players who are getting into that list for the first time is to not overestimate how much damage it will take to kill stuff. Um, your stuff is real good at killing. Just spend the CP. Uh, it will die. Almost everything. Uh, unless it's like two up save armor of contempt, it'll die to your stuff. Uh, and even two up save armor of contempt will die eventually. <laughs> it just takes a Let little Let GSC list be flatline and shit. I've seen it lift hilarious amounts of units off the board. Yeah. Um, just for a quick example, I played against um, my Leviathan Territories list uh, the, the weekend. On turn two, I had lost. I'd already lost two bikes on turn one to a harpy. On turn two, I lost the other 28. Uh, <laughs> this is going second. Uh, yeah, no, I know. The tyrant, the tyrant charged in and flatlined 10 bikes. Uh, it was like, oh, that that's not not average. <laughs> just like all hit, all wounded with seven attacks and exploding sixes turn. Just they, they just disappeared. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Um, and then I dropped in the two squads in near fights. I picked up all, dropped in the two squads in near fights. I picked up all 18 warriors. Um, that doesn't seem average. <laughs> with like the caliber from the trucks, um, like it wasn't just yeah, just with, the neophytes. Okay. Without them, like... without them buffed, that's super doable. Like if the warriors aren't well buffed, you just die. It doesn't just... matter because the shotguns don't care. <laughs> well, they care a little bit, right? They don't. You don't feel no pain. They, they, they care about exactly only the feel no pain, and you got enough shotguns. It's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, and then there's there's some stuff. Yeah, people really want to know about GWW straight. We might just have to do an episode about that sometime, but it's so well covered at this point. Um, and then more stuff about Dallas Bounce Lately. GC Bike List, what's the best and worst matchup? I have no idea. I've only I've not played into any list twice with it yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's uh, a good question. So so from from my from so far, uh Custodes, terrible matchup, literally unplayable, zero percent win rate. Um, best matchup: Terranids, Yanari, Necron, Sisters, Imperial Anything Knights. Else. <laughs> Tau, Anything uh, not custodial. Tau and Baneblades. Uh, that's what I've played against so far. Uh, Baneblade, real funny. Zero damage to that thing. They literally did not attack it. Um, what do you think of playing a custom high fleet for a big bug list? Obviously, controlled for the whole army. That would have been way better than Jormungar if I had just run a squad of Venomthropes instead of whatever else I had. Um, but it was, it's still just not as good as anything else. Don't play Jormungar, you guys. Uh, I played eight games with it as all it feels like to myself. What I'm telling myself now is a joke. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll just just play this. It'll be okay. It was not okay. Don't do it. I definitely don't run Exocrines if you do. Uh, Exocrines are so bad. They are genuine. They were almost okay at 170, and then they went up 30 points for no good reason. Garbage. Yeah, don't, I don't recommend playing X screens. Um, so anyway, that is going to do it for us. Do you guys have anything you want to shout out? Uh, I was just on Grim week? After Dark. Any, um, any extra I was just on Grim After Dark. Go watch that. It was a good time. Yep. I'm on Contact Loss, which should be coming out tomorrow. Uh, you can find that on YouTube and on Olga Podcast Feed, and Tom will probably post it on uh, Reddit as well. Um, that They're doing a Road to LGT series, so they're covering a bunch of people from the Invitational. I think they just did an episode with Manny, and then mine is coming out tomorrow. Um, other than that, thank you everybody for joining us. This has been episode 10, Highlighted Changes. I've been Ines, I've been joined by Anthony and Nathan. You can find us, as always, next week at 11pm UK, 5pm Central, 5 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern. I know, <laughs> I know time zones. I'm really getting there. Like you, you can tell, you can We're tell. Ten of you, I'm honest. almost learning. Um, thank you for joining us. If you have loved, if you've really enjoyed the show, you can help us out by checking us out at patreoncom check 
where you can get access to the Discord and the bonus content, which is where you can get even more of us. We should be doing our first gaming night this Friday, where I'm going to jump on and play some video games with uh, a bunch of people from the guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to be showing up because it's probably a little early for those guys. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we might get some like some terrible games like Among Us or Tired of Salem or something like that. Maybe some Jackbox going. Uh, so that should be good fun. Uh, if you're around, stick, check, come check us out. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.